0: So we're going to jump back in where we were uh, last week. So we've been going through uh, a study on child training. And if you have a handout, if you if you don't have a handout, uh, I think Miss Pam was handing them out for me tonight. I don't have uh, my wife here, which is really odd to me. Uh, I teach a lot in different areas, and my wife is with me 99% of the time. Like she is always there. It doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm doing. Uh, I remember one time I was teaching at a men's conference and it was just really weird because she wasn't there. And so uh, but tonight uh, our our son has a band concert. It kind of sprung up on us. We didn't really know about it and uh, as much as we don't like to do this, we had to do the divide and conquer thing. Uh, so anyway, uh, be praying for me because it's just odd not to have uh, her with me. So anyway, if you need a handout, uh, Miss Pam is is handing those out and if we run short on those Pam, we can get some more. If you're listening online, I know there's been several people that are listening online, Uh, the link to the handout is uh, available there with the audio. Uh, Ms. Brianna promised me that it would be, and and that's how that's working out. So if you need that, uh, you can have it. So anyway, I don't don't want to spend a lot of time recapping, uh, but I do want to give you just a little bit of of why we are where we are. So it's important that we, uh, as a church, uh, have strong families. And strong families start with strong marriages, uh, and they continue down the line and if you have strong marriages uh, you want to have strong families and with strong families uh, you need to have uh, a plan with the way that you train your children now uh, if you have a handout and you're like well what does this mean I, I titled this way back when I did this the first time the art of negotiating with a terrorist and it, it is kind of funny but it is comes from uh just uh something that we used to say i used to say i say we my wife never said this i always said this to to her or or the kids when they were little and uh, they would come and ask for things and then they would try to go and ask her for things and you know they would try to uh use us against ourselves i would always tell them it was just a, a funny thing i would say or at least i thought it was funny that we do not negotiate with terrorists in this house we have a structure that we do things and this is how we do them and so anyway that's why i titled it the way i did it if you don't like it you don't have to Go with it. So anyway, the outline has been pretty simple uh, the first week. And, and you can go back if you've missed any of these and the audio is available. Um, but the first week we looked at the problem in child training. And we saw that the problem is, is not on God. It's not God's fault uh, that our children are, are out of line or, or whatnot. Uh, the problem is not on the child. You might think, well, what does that mean? Well, go back and listen, because uh, a lot of times it's not their fault that they don't really know what the boundaries are. They don't really know how far you can go or how far you can't go. They don't really know that, you know, oh, that this is what I can and should So anyway, you can go back and listen to all that. The problem is not on everybody else, not on all the circumstances. Uh, and so that only leaves one thing, and that leaves the problem is on the parents. And a lot of times that's... Because we're consistently inconsistent. Uh, we say one thing, we do another. We do one thing today and we do something else tomorrow. And uh, the one of the main reasons that I say that the problem is found in the parents when we talk about child training is because the last time I checked, I can't control what God does. Uh, I can pray, but I can't control what God does. Uh, there's been times that I've really tried. I can't sometimes control what my children do. Uh, you know, I can train them, but I can't control them. I can't control the circumstances as much as I like to or anybody else. The only thing that I can control is the things that I do. And so as a parent, uh, if you're looking for a problem in in the way that the child training is going, well, you can't control the other things. So you, you might want to focus on you and what you can control and what you can do uh, to grow. And so that was the first week. The second week, we looked at the false perception in child training because... You know, if if we can't get our kids to be uh, obedient, well, then we want them to at least you know be one of these things. And so the false perception in child training, we want our kids to be good, right? Well, the problem with good is that's a very relative term. You know, good today is different than good tomorrow. Good at church is different than good uh, hanging out at home. Good to to, to uh, grandma's house is different than good here or there. And so uh, the the word good. Uh, really doesn't give any kind of a clear, concise boundary uh, to your kids. And so to say that we want our kids to be good is very confusing. Another false perception we have in child training is <clears throat> we want our kids to, well, at least be better than other kids. You know, as long as they're not the worst in the room, then uh, you'll be okay. Uh, you know, as long as you're uh, not the slowest guy when a bear's chasing you, you'll probably, you'll probably survive, right? And so we want our kids to, you know, at least be better than the other kids. Well, that's not a good standard to have and that's a that's a false perception and the last false perception that we looked at a few weeks ago was uh that we want our kids to make us look good. You know, we want people to look at us and say, "Well, man, you're doing a really good job as a parent." And, you know, the problem is your kids and we looked at this a few weeks ago have exploited this to know that when you really want them to make you look good, they have learned how to make you really not look so good or put you in a situation where it's like you're really going to give in very quickly. So that the perception can stay, oh, you're doing a really good job as a parent. Go back and listen to that. And so, uh, and then uh, we started last week on the plan we need in child training. We're going to finish that up tonight, and then we're going to turn that into uh, what child training and practice looks like. And that's probably what most people have wanted the entire time. And well, what you wanted the entire time really won't take that long to go through because if you don't do any of the first stuff here at the end, it's not going to matter. And if you do all the things at the beginning... The stuff we're going to talk about at the end, it's really pretty simple. Uh, and so we'll get to all that in a minute. So last week we got through uh, two points and then we'll get into the third one. But uh, before we get going, every week uh, I've given you two ground rules in case you're somebody who's just catching this, just uh, stepping in on this and you haven't went back and listened to the beginning. Um, I kind of have some ground rules that I do this by. Uh, I love to teach the Bible, but when you come into topics like this, um, you know, I I didn't ask to teach this. Uh, I'm glad to teach it. I enjoy teaching it. Uh, but when you, uh, it's kind of like teaching on marriage. Uh, if you agree to teach on marriage, you better, uh, expect your marriage to be tried. And so I have a couple ground rules that I kind of just play, uh, this by. And so basically the first one is, uh, my kids aren't perfect. Uh, and so don't hold them to a standard of perfection just because I'm teaching child training. I'm assuming that your kids uh, aren't or weren't perfect either, or you wouldn't probably be here, or you would be teaching this. And so uh, make sure that you understand that I, I think my kids are great, but they're not perfect. So don't hold them to a standard just because I'm teaching something, okay? Uh, and and the, uh, the next ground rule is uh, Paige and I don't have well, really anything in life completely figured out other than I know that the answer is in the Bible. Um, but as far as child training goes, uh, we've lived through some things. And we've done some things, and we've done some things right, and we've done some things wrong. So, again, don't hold me to a standard of perfection. I'm not Jesus. I try my best to be like him every day, uh, and I will continue to do that. But I do not stand in the place of Jesus here, uh, and so we do make mistakes. We have in the past, and so don't hold me to a standard uh, of perfection, and I won't hold you to a standard of, oh, my gosh, you came to the child training class. Why is your kid acting like that? It's no different than any other Bible teaching. The teacher can teach the Word. You have to apply it. Right. It's like if you're drowning, or drowning, I don't think there's anyway, if you're drowning and uh, you you can't swim, I can throw you like a, a life preserver, something that will make you float. But at the end of the day, you have to grab a hold of it. Right. It might take a decent throw on my part to get it close, but uh, you have to at some point grab a hold. I can't I can't grab it for you. What's well, like any time somebody teaches you something from the Bible, it's the same way. I'm just simply throwing you something that I'm pretty sure is going to help make you float. But it's up to you to, well, grab a hold of it and do something with it. So anyway, that's kind of the ground rules as we go. So, introductory thoughts that we started with last week and then we're going to roll right into where we were. Uh, so introductory thoughts uh, to get us started here. Our end goal must be obedience for our kids. Nothing else. Obedience is what we're after. We're not after good kids, uh, uh, you know, kids that look good. We're not after anything else. I simply want my kids to be obedient. Obedience is pretty simple. It is, uh, just doing what you're told, right? Obedience is, uh, very clear and concise. We looked at what it means in the Bible and all that. Uh, children have one direct command in the Bible. You might say, well, I give them a lot of commands. Well, that's on you, but I'm telling you the Bible has one direct command, uh, for children. And it comes out of Ephesians, uh, chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, children obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right, right? That's the only thing that God says, children do this. So, your third introductory thought here is, if obedience is our end goal, and that's the only command that they have directly from God, then what is our plan to help them do this? If this is what we know we're striving for, obedience. You know, those other things they might be nice, but obedience is what we're striving for, and we know that that is what God says, this is this is what I want from the kids, your kids, my kids, right? When he when he's talking cuz they are his kids. Then what is our plan as parents to get them from where they're at to obedience? Like that's where we're at with this. Uh, and so, you know, we're going to see, and we went through the first two points last week, God's three-part plan to train our children, right? God's three-part plan to train our children. We're using the story of Joshua as they went and uh, uh, took over uh, the city of Jericho. So if you have your Bibles, flip over to Joshua chapter uh, 6, and we'll pick back up where we were. Last week, uh, and I have quite a bit to get through, so I'm going to move pretty quickly. I'm not going to go through everything I taught last week. I'll hit, I'll hit the high points and, and we will get to, to some new stuff here. But, uh, uh Joshua chapter uh, 6. So they've just come uh, across the Jordan River. Uh, they spent 40 years in the, the wilderness. They, uh, Moses has uh, died. Joshua is the new leader. Uh, you know, he's, he's put in a position of uh, trying to uh, not just assert his authority but be obedient to what God's telling him to do and lead these people. It's the same situation we find ourselves with kids a lot of times. I don't really know what to do. I just want to do what God told me to do, and I want to raise them up in the way that he says to go. There's a lot of times that I want to say no I don't want you to go to school. No, I don't want you to do that. No, I don't. I just want, you know, to to put you in a little bubble, especially when I talk about like my daughter, you know, the boys, they were a little different, but my, my daughter, I want to, but what does God say? And so I have to trust that the Lord has bigger plans than, than I do. And so the same thing that Joshua is trusting, leading the nation of Israel uh, into the promised land, they cross the Jordan. Uh, he basically meets the Lord Jesus Christ face to face before, uh, before he uh, goes to Jericho. You can go back and read that, but Basically, just a quick recap, because I don't have time to read the story, but God says, okay, Joshua, here's your plan. Uh, the city uh, of Jericho is c- completely shut up, which is, that's how they did it at the time. Basically, you would besiege a city, and instead of, like, attacking it, you would just wait them out. You know, they're going to run out of food eventually. Uh, they're going to have to come out. At some point, they will have to open up and, and let us in. But, you know, God's plan was to go a little more quickly. And so it says the city of Jericho was straightly shut up. None came out and none went in. And uh, God comes to Joshua and he says, here's the plan. I want you to take everybody, not just a few guys, but everybody. And I want you to go and I want you to march around the city. Now, it's a big city. You know, it's not like we picture it in children's books where it's a little city in a, in a field. It's a big city. Right. And so they have to march everybody around. Don't say a word. Come back to the camp. And that's it for the day. And I want you to do that for six days in a row. Uh, and it's like this crazy plan. Why would you want me to do that? Why are we going to just march around the city? And on the last day, here's, here's the kicker. You're going to do it seven times. And, and on the seventh time, you're finally going to, like, attack the wall. No, that's not what it says. He says, on the last day, here's what we're going to do. We're going to yell really loud. And that's the plan. And Joshua is the new leader. Joshua is the guy that's, like, trying to lead the people. And you got to think the people are thinking at this point, who is this guy and what you want us to do? So anyway, uh, he's trying to do what God told him to do, even when it seemed crazy. Now, when you talk about child training, you need to try to do what God says to do, even though it seems crazy sometimes. Right. And so go back and listen to that. So anyway, that's kind of the, the backstory story uh, to where we get to where we're at today. So uh, the first part of the plan to train our children is preparation. You have to know what the expectations are. Right. You have to have preparation. What are the expectations? You have to prepare your heart. We looked at it last week. Start with the Word of God. If your heart's not ready to train your kids, I promise they will run you down. And I, even when they're little, they will run you down. That's just that they have a will, I'm telling you. You have to prepare your heart. You have to prepare your family. And that comes with structure. Uh, go back and, and and listen. But, you know, it takes a lot of structure. Uh, it takes a lot of, you know, this is how we are going to run our family in uh, consistency. You have to be consistently consistent, not consistently inconsistent because that's usually how child training really gets uh, messed up and so it takes structure uh remember we talked about you know sometimes extended family can get really tricky because you know grandma thinks that when the kids are at her house it's a different set of rules and that's not really the case uh our family rules are our family rules and we need to make sure that uh, the kids are abiding by one set of standard uh, one set of a standard because if not you know well, it's different all the time, and the line is always changing. And remember back a few weeks ago, we looked at the story of uh, Adam in the garden, and God said, Adam, okay, here's the deal. Here's the garden. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here that's great for you. Uh, every tree here you can have, but there's this one tree. Uh, you can't have it, and if you do, you'll die. Uh, and by the way, good luck. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. No, that's not what he says. He was very clear, and he said, okay, there's one tree. You can't have it. This is it. Here's the line. Don't cross it. If you do, Here's the consequence. But if you don't, if, if you uh, leave it alone, everything else will be great. That's what child training is. You establish a clear line. So if when the kids go to Grandma's house or when the kids go over here or the kids go over there and the standard's always changing, it's very confusing for them, especially when they're younger. There has to be a clear standard. You have to prepare your family structure. Uh, the next thing you have to prepare is your children. How? You've got to tell them what's up, Right? And I don't mean like tell them what's up. I mean, you have to explain the plan to them. Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to march around the city seven times, very quietly. And on the seventh time, we're going to yell really loud. And God's going to get the victory. And your kids look at you, and the nation of Israel looks at you, and you're like, what are we going to... Because that's what God said to do. That's why. When you sit down and tell your kids, hey, we're going to implement a new... Uh, child training, uh, discipline type of thing in our family. I know it seems crazy. I know you think we've tried this before, kids, and you think that your will's stronger than mine, but I'm telling you, this is what we're going to do. If you're very clear and you're very concise and you tell them why you're doing it because you feel like the Lord is leading you to actually lead your family instead of let the kids lead the family, well, they have one choice to obey or disobey. And remember, what are we after? Obedience, just obedience. I'm not after the church being full of cookie-cutter children, Right? I'm not after the world being full of cookie-cutter, perfect children. I'm after children who just simply obey what they're told to do. And I'm only after that because that's the one thing that God said he wanted. I don't do that because I'm like, man, the church would run smoother. The world would run smoother if kids obeyed. No, I just simply think, okay, if God said this is the only thing that he's interested in out of them, then I might want to be as well. And so what can I control? I can't control everybody else's kids. I can control mine. Well, I can't control mine, but I can train mine. Okay, so I'm going to start there, and that's, that's where I'm going to roll, and so that needs to be the mindset if you're going to buy into this. Again, I've said this some past weeks, but um, I can't tell anybody what to do. If you don't want to buy into something like this, that's on you. Like, if you've listened to part of this, and you're like, oh, I mean, I, list, I believe some of that, but some of it is, okay, everything I'm getting comes out of this book. Everything that we do comes out of this book, and so if you don't like it, I mean, I guess that's on you. I'm just simply telling you what I'm reading and what God has showed me over the years. Uh, I can't do it for you. I can't want it for you. I can't. So at some point you have to decide, is this what I'm going to do or not? And so anyway, going out there. So the next part of the plan that we have to have is execution. So, okay, if we have prepared ourselves, you know, at some point you can prepare to play the game for a long time. At some point you've got to play the game. Whatever it is, if we're talking sports, right? So execution, how will we make it happen? Well, the first thing is going to be obedience from the parents. You have to be obedient to God before you can ever expect your children to be obedient to you. I'm just saying. Your kids can spot your hypocrisy way faster than the world can. They live with you, right? Obedience from the parents. Go back and listen to it. Consistency from the parents. That's the next thing that you have to have. You have to be consistent. If this is going to be the stance you're going to take then take it. But don't make it confusing because if you're uh, a parent who goes back and forth and, well, I'm tired today and I wasn't, your children just don't understand and they're really not going to thrive in a situation like this. They're actually going to be worse off. You have to have consistency. Uh, And the last point we looked at last week is patience from the parents. Uh, We have to be patient because I promise this doesn't happen overnight. I told you just a general rule of thumb uh on the first week when we were talking about child training was if you are someone who decides, hey, I, I think I'm gonna buy into this, uh we're gonna we're gonna take a new stance. I remember when Paige and I got saved, um, the, the the boys uh, Hallie wasn't born yet, but the boys uh were I she could tell you exactly how old they were. This is why she usually is here. Uh anyway, they they were uh you know, I'm guessing two and four somewhere in there. But anyway, uh you have to basically retrain everything that you've trained them up until that point. If you're going to buy into something new, that's what happens. And so I told you on the first night, expect Now it's not—this isn't like a ground rule. I mean, this is just like if I was throwing a dart at it. Uh, Expect it to take at least a month of you being consistent for every year old that they are. If your kid is four years old, it's probably going to take four or five months for them to really understand that, wow, this is is serious. Uh, If your kid's 13, um, good luck. Right, it's different with teenagers. We've talked about that in the past too. Teenagers aren't hopeless. Actually, uh, I love the season of life that we're in more than anything right now. Um, and when we had young kids, it was great. But um, being able to have like a real adult conversation uh, with your kids, it's it's great. I I love the season of life we're in. There's also times that I can't sleep at night um, because of the season of life we're in. So you know, teenagers are uh, it's a different different rule different rules i'll say that and if you have teenagers and you want a little more insight on that we can talk but this is more of a child training um so anyway if your kids are you know just however that works out however old they are expect it to take about that long and also remember if you're not consistent it's going to take longer right if it's just that well i'm 50 percent consistent expect them to be 50 percent obedient or you know follow the rules again those aren't like gospel those are just kind of throwing a dart at it, okay, so we 've looked at the plan we 've looked at the execution. they marched around the city seven times, they yelled really loud, and what happened? The city fell down, right, and so uh, if you have your bibles let 's just pick back up in the story because I got to get going here uh, Joshua chapter six um, let 's just pick it up in verse twenty it says uh So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep with ass at the edge of the sword. Okay, we'll we'll pick back up there in a minute, but that's kind of what has happened. So they had a plan. They executed the plan. It went just as God said. Can you believe it? I don't know how many people have uh, come to, to Page and I, and it's not because Paige and I have anything figured out, but, um, you know, we, we counsel with a lot of people for different things, uh, about child training or things like that. And you would be amazed at how many people come back and say, can you believe that this actually worked? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't just, you know, throw it out there hoping, you know, we're not throwing wet noodles, hoping one sticks. Uh, you know, I, we really buy into what we're doing. Uh, I've, I've heard of somebody who was listening to this and they were talking to, uh, somebody that they respect and they were like, Can't, can you believe that this works? Like, why didn't anybody tell us this? And it's like, it's always available. People just don't buy into it. And if you buy into it, man, I'm telling you, don't be surprised when the walls fall down. Don't be surprised when it's like, oh my gosh, I never thought this would happen. This isn't even the same child than it was before. Yeah, it actually is. This is just what they look like when they have boundaries and they feel safe inside those boundaries. But okay, so results. So you're, the plan has to be, uh, the, the three-part plan to, to, to get obedience from our children is, uh, we have to prepare them, uh, We there has to be execution, and then point number three, this is where we're at, uh, results. What is my reward? Because that's what we're all worried about here. Uh, I don't come to a child training class to hear about how good somebody else's kids are. Uh, I came to a child training class, I'm listening to a child training uh, course because I want results in my life. I want rewards in my life. I want to see my kids change. I want to see my kids grow. I want to see our family succeed that's what everybody's after like i get it that's why i saved it for last if i would have started here you guys wouldn't have came back results what is my reward joshua chapter 19 uh and then in it, it just or chapter 6 starting in verse 19 and it rolls into the next chapter okay so uh when we talk about rewards um we always think about like yes i got something great right uh we we always want the good reward right uh, I won the lottery, right? I got, I got this for it. I did something good. I got praised for it. I, I did this. There's always good rewards. But don't, don't underestimate the fact that for every good reward, there's also another side to the coin. And there's bad rewards. Now we think of them as consequences. We think of them as different things. But you know what? It's just a reward from the Lord. Especially if you ask for it. And so uh, that's kind of what we're going to look at. So when we talk about results, uh, you need to understand, what is my reward? Well, I'm telling you, there's going to be good rewards and there's going to be bad rewards. And then that's going to lead us into what does child training actually look like, child rearing actually look like. Okay, so let's pick back up. Point uh, uh, number uh, 18. If we're going to be consistent to correct every time our children are disobedient, then we, all have, then we also have to be consistent every time that they are obedient if you have bought in and decided i'm going to be consistent every time that they do something wrong i'm going to correct it right uh and i'm going to do that if that's the case then you need to also buy into the fact that you're going to be consistent every time that they do the right thing they need to understand i i gave you an example a couple of weeks ago Paige uh, played a game that she called the obey game with the kids when they were younger and it was more about letting them know that when they obeyed, there was always a reward that came with it. There was always a praise. There was always a, you did a great job, and like y- you did exactly what you were told, and there was some sort of reward that goes with it, right? And I'm not saying bribe your kids, but what I'm saying is they need to make sure that they know that when they do the right thing, they're going to be affirmed for it. If you're going to correct them every time they do something wrong, then they need to be rewarded when they do something right. Now, when they're like babies, that's hard to do. But I'm telling you, when they are uh, at that young, impressionable age, you need to make sure that they understand that, like, mom and dad are their biggest cheerleaders. They want them to succeed, right? They want them to to grow, you know, the same way that, you know, too often parents, they want to, like, just get by the years when their kids are young. And then, like, when they get a little bit older and they get into, like, sports or different things like that, now all of a sudden they want to, like, live vicariously through their kid. And, yes, you need to do great. I'm your biggest supporter. Were you when I was younger? Make sure that you support them throughout um, so there's good rewards, uh, Joshua chapter six and verse nineteen. God says, but all the silver and the gold, this is right before they do uh, the the screaming that the wall falls down. God's telling them, uh, but all the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So that's the first reward that they're going to get. They're going to get it and they're going to give a gift back to God because, well, it was him that makes the wall fall down in the first place. Uh, fast forward to uh, verse 21. Uh, it says, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and ass, with the edge of the sword. Uh, there was no like... Well, it was a big war here. No, it was exactly like God said it would be. That was the reward uh, that the entire city fell at their feet, right? Literally, it just fell at their feet. Um, Fast forward to to verse 24. I'm just kind of skipping through this. These are some of the good rewards that they got when they obeyed what God told them to do in verse 24. It says, and they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron they put in the treasure of the Lord, the house of the Lord. They were obedient and so because they were obedient, God was blessing what they were doing. Uh, and then in verse 27, uh, you see the same thing. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noise throughout the country. If nothing else, if you buy into this, and you don't even quite see the the results that you're hoping for immediately, is it not enough to know that the Lord is, is backing up what you're doing, that the Lord is with you? Like, I know that, you know, I, I feel like all I did today, when you... Especially if you have kids in that range of, oh, I don't know, like two to six, you know, and you decide, hey, we're going to buy into this. And it feels like, okay, this is what they said to do. We have to be consistent every time that they do this. And it feels like all you did today was have training, whatever you call them, training sessions, uh, discipline sessions, discipline, whatever. It feels like you did that 150 times today. And it feels like you didn't get anywhere. I promise, one, you did get somewhere. You're learning consistency the same way that they are. But to know that the Lord is with you as you do that and He is like backing you up, that's enough. That should be enough to be like, yes, I will continue to do what I'm called to do because that's what God said to do. If we're going to be consistent to correct them we, when they're disobedient, we have to be consistent when they are obedient as well. And then, point 19 words of love and affirmation from parents to their kids picture the love and affirmation we receive from a Heavenly Father. If your kids, don't ever hear, you know, the fact that you love them, that you're supporting them, that, uh, you know, and I, I get it. I, I'm a guy. I'm, you know, some, some guys are, you know, different, but, you know, I, I work in a construction field, uh, and I work around a lot of guys. You know, people would say, you know, manly man, whatever. I don't, I don't know. I'm just telling you that, uh, if you're that kind of person, guys, if you're listening to this or whatever, and, and, and you think that's just not how I am, um, well, I'm sorry, but that's how God is to you, and you need to learn how to do that to your kids. They need to know that you love them. Uh, past when they're five years old. They need to know when they're 10, when they're 15, when they're 20 or older that you love them, right? You know, you need to be able to, to hug your kids, to let them know that, man, I am supporting what you're doing, and I am in your corner. Words of affirmation from your parents, that allows your kids to get ready for what they're going to start receiving from their Heavenly Father if they buy into that. Right? But if they don't ever see it at home, and it's why would they expect it anywhere else it's going to seem foreign so make sure now i i get it sometimes words don't do it but you better start there you have to your kids need to know man i am in your corner uh and there's there's times that like it might seem like that it's just words it's not i promise they need to know it and they need to feel it so those are good rewards we understand that that's that's what comes with it but there's also bad rewards that come when you're disobedient, okay? Let's pick this back up in the story, and then we'll circle back around and finish this whole thing up. So uh, they've just went. They've uh, taken over the city. They did exactly what Moses told them to do. Or not Moses, I'm sorry. Joshua told them to do. Moses has, has passed at this point. Okay, they went. They marched around the city. They yelled really loud the seventh, on the seventh day. Uh, the walls fell down. Uh, remember, he says, go in. You can, uh, you know. Everybody has to die. Uh, we're only saving Rahab and her family. All of the the goodies, like all of the treasure, all of the everything, uh, it's for the Lord, right? We're not taking anything for ourselves on this time. And he even makes that clear before, like, this one is for God. Okay, so that's the... We're going to obey today, kids. We're going to do this, this, and this. Here's the expectation. Okay, the good rewards. Everything's going great. We've just read the entire chapter of chapter 6. Everything went well. Well, but then verse 7 starts with a really interesting word, but. Okay, well, that's never what you want to start a chapter with. There's sometimes bad rewards as well. In chapter 6 and verse 18, it says, And ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing, lest you make yourselves accursed when you take uh, of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. Basically, he says, hey, we're not taking anything for us. That was the command. That was the line. Don't eat of the tree or you will die, right? Referencing um genesis with adam okay we're not going to do that okay here that was their that was their command okay well let's pick back up in chapter 7 and verse 1 let's just read what happens read how god responds and then we'll circle back around and finish this thing up with what does it look like practically in our house chapter 7 and verse 1 but the children of israel committed a trespass and the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah... Well, we're very specific about who did this, right? Uh, ...took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Notice, it doesn't say that it was kindled against him. It was kindled against them all. <coughs> and Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. So they just did this. Joshua has no idea what had happened. Uh, they had just taken Jericho. Now there's a different city that they're coming up on, Ai. It's much smaller. And Joshua's thinking, man... We've got this now. Man, God just took out the massive city of Jericho. Everything went great. They're living on cloud nine. They're like, yes, we are ready. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which was beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai, and they returned unto Joshua and said unto him, let not all the people go up. Now, that's interesting because God didn't say just take some of the people. But anyway, uh, they're they're making their own plans, and we'll see how it works out. Let's just read through it. <clears throat> let not all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor therein, for they are but few. Basically, the people are like, hey, I understand the marching around the city and yelling really loud thing. It worked, in, but do we all have to do that like every time? Let's just send a few guys, and let's take care of this. So there went up there of the people, verse 4. About three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai uh, smote of them uh, about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate even into uh, Shebarim and smote them in the going down, where, uh, for the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon uh, fell upon his face before the ark of the Lord until eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou brought? A- this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Now, this this next phrase, I, I just think it's very interesting. He says, would to God we had been content and dwell on the other side of Jordan. Would to God that we would have just been content to live in the wilderness for our entire life. Wouldn't it have been better if we just barely got by? For the rest of our lives wouldn't it be better if instead of actually trying to raise our kids the way god said to wouldn't it be better if we just got by right if we just if we just get them out of the house right it's good enough would to god that we aren't just content with the way that they are well that's that's fine if that's what you want to do but that's not what god said he wanted you to do god said he wanted you to raise them up to be obedient if you're going to say, would to God that we would be content, then why are you here? Why are you listening to this? Why do you care? There's a whole world of people out there that'll tell you what you can do with your kids. And they'll tell you what they want to do with your kids too. And I'm talking about the world is wanting to chew them up and spit them out and use them. And here we are and we just don't care. And Joshua's like, would to God that we would have just been content. Now understand, he's, he's put in a spot here. He's, uh, he's very, broken. He doesn't know. He's trying to lead the people. He just did this thing, and and he understands what's getting ready to happen. The people are going to turn on him, and, and he doesn't know what to do as a leader. Well, guess what? You're the leader uh, in your family, and you're going to feel like at times that the world is turning on you, and they just don't buy into what you're doing, and this new child training thing, it's not worth it, and you should have just been content with the fact that they were good enough before, and you have to decide what you're going to do about it. And I say you because at some point, you have to grab the life vest. The Lord won't do it for you. You have to buy into what he's doing. And then, yes, he will do it. He will come on and he will help you. He will send people into your life that will help you. But at some point, you have to make the decision to not just be content. Because if content is what you're after, well, I have a feeling that you're going to have a whole lot of heartbreak that goes with content. I've been there, right? There's been times that we've decided in our life, not just like, oh, yes, we're going to be content. But looking back on it, on on certain situations, we were just content. And we're still, to this day, at times, paying for it. Would to God that you don't decide just to be content. Now, I understand when you get to the New Testament, there's a lot of good virtues with, you know, godliness with contentment. There's great gain. I understand that. But when we're talking about, do you want your children to grow up to be godly men and women that are obedient? Because if they've learned to be obedient from you and what the word of God says, then they're a whole lot more likely to understand what it means to be obedient to him and submit to him in salvation. Why is contentment what we're after? I don't know. He says, we should have just been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say? When Israel turneth their backs before their enemies for the Canaanites in the land shall have it and uh, all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall ever on us round and cut uh, off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto uh, thy and what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Basically, he's trying to turn it back on God at this point. It's your fault that they're like this. That we're going to fail. And that's what parents do, too. It's your fault that they're like this. And I think it's very interesting what what God says to, to Joshua And I'm just going to say that maybe us as parents, somebody needs to hear this from God today. And the Lord God, or, and the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Get up. Stop with the pity party. Stop with the, oh, woe is me. If you would have done it the way I told you to do it in the first place, it wouldn't have ended like this, Joshua. But just in case, get thee up. Wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Verse 11, Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, uh, for they have even uh, taken the accursed thing and also stolen, the assemble, uh, assim, stolen and, and disassembled also, and have put it among their own stuff. Wherefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. God says, I gave you a commandment, and if you're not going to obey, there will not be blessing. It's that simple in life. Now, a lot of people think, oh, Christianity, it's all about just trying to you know, buy blessings from God. I'm just simply telling you that when you're obedient, there's at least an opportunity for blessing. But here's what I will tell you. If you're disobedient, there will be no blessing. God is trying to grow you. God is trying to use you. And there's not going to be blessing in your life without obedience. Now, I didn't say that there will be a blessing in your life if there's obedience. Sometimes God is going to allow you to go through some things for long periods of time. And I don't have the answer as to why some of that happens, but I am telling you that there is zero chance if you're not obedient. God says, if you would have just done it the way that I said to. There's also Brad Rewards, verse number, or point 20. A parent who chooses to be content will never be truly content. A person or a parent who chooses to be content will never be truly content. If you're just content with well enough, I promise when they start driving and they're out at night, you won't be content. I promise when, for whatever reason, they don't answer their phone, when you know that that's all they do is live on their phone, there is no contentment, right? But I also can tell you that, you know what, If if you've done what God told you to do, and you've raised them up, and you know that they might be in a situation where this isn't, Like, there's an opportunity for them to maybe be in a bad situation, but I know that I've trained them in the way that they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. I can have faith that they'll do the right thing. But a parent who chooses to be content will never be truly content. It's just the truth. Point 21, proper proper training now may keep our kids from suffering in the wilderness later. If you take time to train them now, you may save years of suffering in the wilderness later. Now, I will also tell you this. God gave every person on the face of the earth free will. You can't want it for them. You can train them, and you have so many years to do that. And you might say, I've got 18 years to do that. I would say um, you're wrong. You have, and this isn't gospel. uh, This is, I'm speaking from experience. You have... From the time that they're born until maybe 11 or 12, because at that point they uh, they have made their mind up. Now it doesn't mean that they can't change their mind, but they've made their mind up on what they believe, uh, which direction uh, that they they want to go in life, uh, just kind of who they are. And at that point, you kind of switch from child training. To uh, a different type of parenting, and now you're raising up adults, and it's completely different. Um, and so, if you're someone who thinks, because we talk to people sometimes, and they're like, "Well, you know, I've got you know three or four more years before they move out," um, I hate to tell you, but you may miss the window. You have to do it when they're young. It, it, that's that's when it makes it so proper training now may keep our kids from suffering in the wilderness later. You may have a child who's just rebellious. God will deal with them, and you have to trust that God will deal with them. And that's one of the hardest things to do is to say, they're your kids, God. They were your kids first. I'll be here for you when you want to come back, but at some point I have to just say, I've done everything I can do. I'll be here if you want to make the right choice. You know, Because at some point you have to make the decision you're not going to live in sin in my house. You're not going to live in sin and me be content with it. At some point, there has to be a, a hard, fast line of, that's not allowed here. Okay? And so, I, I say all that to say, it may keep them from walking in the wilderness later. Sometimes, kids just really want to walk in the wilderness. Right? Uh, when I went through HBI, uh to get to get through HBI, uh, you not only have to go through four years of, of classes and all the, the homework and everything that goes in with it, but uh, you have to write a dissertation to graduate, and uh, which is basically a fancy word for, uh, I called it a short book because I'm not much of a, a writer, but a, a, a lengthy paper. Uh, and when I say lengthy, I'm talking 40, 50, 60 pages at least. Uh, and so anyway, you have to pick a topic and really narrow it down. At the time, Paige and I were um, counselors in the high school class, and we were spending like all of our free time with the high school kids. And uh, I wrote a dissertation on uh, basically why the youth in America are leaving the church and never coming back. because if you look at the statistics, you know these kids that come to these churches throughout America, they come to church because their parents bring them, uh, and they get to an age of where they can start thinking on their own, and for whatever reason there 's a disconnect, and when they leave, they just don 't come back. And you can't force them to come back at that point because you no longer can say, yes, you have to be at church. And, you know, at some point, And so just looking at the disconnect and, and why that's there and uh, it's still evident. Uh, I've seen it here at HBF uh, at times, not not with everybody. But and so we have to ask ourselves, like, what are we doing as parents when they're young to give them hope to come back? Like, why are they coming to church? Why do we trust in the Lord? Why do we do the things that we do? And that is where, and I'm not going to get too much off in the weeds with this, but that's where when they get into those older ages, you have to have real conversations with them about why we do what we do. Not just this is what we do because I said so, but this is why we do it because God has done this in our life, and these are some of the circumstances. And, you know, when they get old enough, uh, when they get to an age, you have to have, like, real communication with them. We have a, a rule in our house, and we have had for several years now. Uh, I have a, a son that 's twenty now uh, he 's a full grown adult um, works full time he does his own thing um, he still lives at home and he can do that for as long as uh, he's supporting himself he's contributing anyway that uh, has nothing to do with anything. Uh, I have a son that's uh, eighteen he 's going to graduate this year and I have a daughter that's uh, fifteen she's a freshman and For the last several years we've had this uh, this rule in our house that um, if you 're old enough to ask the question well then you 're old enough to hear the answer we don 't sugarcoat anything uh, Sometimes that leads to really awkward conversations because, you know, especially when they're at those, you know, ages of, you know, well, I wonder if they'll really answer about this. If you're old enough to ask the question, then you're old enough to hear the answer. And so, you know, when your kids know that you're not sugarcoating things and you're not just like trying to pull the the, the veil over their eyes, but you're just completely real with them. Well, I think that's the first step to um, really seeing why kids are leaving and not coming back and just having real conversations and allowing them to see that, like, this isn't just something that we do, but this is who we are, right? And so that's a lot of times Christianity, it, it gets lost there. But anyway, okay, we're child training. So I'm speaking to those who maybe have teens because, man, the years are fun. Okay, so uh, proper t- training now may keep our kids from suffering wilderness later. Point 22, no amount of consequences will make up for a lack of parenting or child training. No amount of consequences, whether it's spanking, uh, timeout, uh, grounding, whatever it is, no amount of consequences will make up for a lack of parenting or child training. It doesn't matter. We're training our children to be obedient because that's what God has called them to be. Point 23. All consequences should be brought back to the root of the problem, which is what? It's sin. All consequences should be brought back to the root of the problem, which is sin. Okay, so there's good consequences, there's there's good rewards, there's bad rewards, and then, well, with bad rewards, there needs to be correction. Uh, I don't have time to read it because I really want to spend some time uh, and wrap this whole thing up with discipline and kind of what that maybe will look like. Um, but if you go back to the story, so God tells Joshua, get up off of your face Uh Somebody has sinned and the whole camp is paying for it. And so basically what happens uh, in verses 13 to 26, uh, you can go and read it on your own time. But basically what happens here is uh, God says, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get all the people together uh, and we're going to sort out who it is. Uh, and when we find out who it is, we're going to take care of it. And so basically, it says that they uh, they, they bring them all in, and then they they bring them down to uh, family and tribe, and you know, it, it basically comes down to Achan. And Joshua says, Achan, what have you done? And he's like, Yeah, I, I did. I took of uh, the accursed thing, and I I'm, I've hid it in my tent. Uh, and you know, so they send people to you know his I would say his house, but they're living in tents at the time, and he sends them to the tent. Sure enough, it's there, uh, and he brings it back, and and uh, he's like. Uh, I want to find, because uh, what Joshua says is, is really, um, well, in verse 21, this is really good, because this is what Achan says. Uh, he says, he's, this is his answer, because this is what our kids will tell us too. When you catch them, or when, when you find out they've done something wrong, this is what happens in verse 21. Uh, he says, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment, and 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels away, weight, then I coveted them, and I took them. I see it, I want it. I must have it. It goes right back to, you know, the garden. I see it. I want it. I must have it. Every sin can be traced back to here. I see it. I want it. I must have it. It could be lust. It could be uh, uh, material things. It can be whatever. It's, I see it. I want it. I must have it. Uh, and he says, and I took and I took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and, and the silver uh, uh, under it. And so... Uh, Verse 25, Joshua said, uh, why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And so basically, uh, he and his family, uh, his family and all that he has uh, are stoned to death. You might say, well, that's kind of cruel. Well, it's a different time in the world at the time. But anyway, they're stoned. Uh, they're killed. Uh, and then wouldn't you believe it? Uh, things go right back to God blessing the nation of Israel when they take care of the sin problem. It's no different than with your children. Now, I'm not saying that when they do something wrong, you're going to stone them. There might be things that they do that you might think about stoning them, but I'm telling you, that's not what you're going to do. There needs to be correction, okay? You need to basically bring it back to what has happened, why did it happen, what are we going to do moving forward, okay? And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about for the next uh, 30 minutes, okay, is uh, what is corrections? Point number C is correction. Uh, correction is going to look similar but different at all ages. It's going to look similar but different at all ages. And so here's where we're going to start. Now, some people are going to be like, yes, this is exactly where we need to be. And some people are going to be like, uh, I'm completely turned off by what you're saying. Okay, this is where we're going to start. And I'm also going to tell you that this isn't for everyone, okay? And then we'll circle back around. But first, let's look. Let's talk about the rod because that's the word and what the Bible talks about. So let's talk about the rod. Then we can circle back around and see what the rod looks like at different age ranges and, and different things. So uh, I'm going to read you several verses about what the Bible says about the rod, uh, and then we'll pick up from there. You can just jot these down if you want to. Proverbs 10:13. In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Okay, I'm just giving you several verses here, okay? Proverbs thirteen twenty-four. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him be times. The Bible says if, if you love your kids, you're going to correct them. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Some people are like, Amen. Right? Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Proverbs twenty three thirteen and fourteen says, "Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod." Now I understand that seems that seems rough, but if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod; he shall deliver his soul and shall deliver his soul from hell. This is what Solomon says, right? Uh, Proverbs twenty six verse three: "A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back." Proverbs twenty nine fifteen. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. I could continue to go on and on and on. This isn't like a, a, a end-all, be-all list. I'm just trying to let you know that God is saying something about uh, the rod. And so... Um, let's just talk about like what the rod is, and then uh, we'll talk about what discipline is uh, overall. so when we talk about the rod uh, at our house, some people talk about when I grew up it was it was not the rod, okay, and so make sure you understand uh the rod when we talk about a rod, we talk about um a, a dowel rod that's what we use at my house um, and we'll look at what that looks like at different ages uh coming up okay but uh just so you know, when I when I think about the rod, some people uh call it a switch, some people will call it different things. That's you can call it whatever you want, just make sure it's consistent, okay? But when we talk about a rod, that's what we talk about, okay? Um, and so before we before we circle around and like I'll give you some examples of what it might look like for maybe a really young child. When I say really young, I'm talking about one that does know better. Um, so we'll look at that maybe when they're uh you know a little bit older, what it might look like. Uh, maybe a little bit older, and so just kind of give you some some what that might look like, okay? But before we get to there, I want to make sure we understand. When we start talking about, okay, we've spent three and a half nights talking about uh, how I need to do this and I need to do this as a parent, and so what does it look like for when it's actually time to, the rubber meets the road. They did something they shouldn't. What does this look like? Okay, well, first and foremost, make sure you understand that correction, because that's what we're talking about is correction. There's been an offense of some sort, we have basically, okay, we've all acknowledged that the offense was not okay, right? And so there's been some sort of communication. It's not just like, you did what? And, okay, it's not like that. There's been communication as to, okay, we've all agreed that there has been an offense and we all agree that, uh, there has been, uh, some sort of sin. So it, at our house, it was always, uh, oh no, this is what's happened. And then basically Paige always brings it back. And I say Paige just because I see this, uh, with her even now as she uh spends time with other uh young children but like oh you had a choice did you obey or disobey and sometimes just getting past that sometimes just getting the child to admit yeah i I disobeyed i had a choice and i disobeyed okay so when you finally get to that point and sometimes this takes a while when you get to that point okay so you've disobeyed what is the consequence for disobedience because they should know what the consequence for disobedience is you know, sometimes it'll be a spanking or, you know, whatever it is in your house. Okay, so the, we, we're all in agreement. Okay, so make sure that if you ever get to uh, a point where there is correction involved, there is never anger. If there is an ounce of anger in you for what has happened, you need to take a walk, right? You need to, because uh, there's times that things will happen and, you know, you'll be heated. Um there, I can remember times when uh, our kids were younger, and it was like uh, you need to just Paige, uh and I both. It was you just need to go sit on my bed, you know, and they would just go and sit and wait because I needed to calm down. She needed to calm down because correction should never happen when there is any anger whatsoever. If there is ever any anger in you as you're trying to even have a conversation about correction, then you're in the wrong. Like there's no blessing that comes with that. Make sure you understand you might say, Well, that's gonna take a while. Sometimes it does. I remember times that we would send the kids uh to, to sit on our bed and you know, when it was finally time to like go and, and talk to them, they were asleep. Right? Because that's what kids do is they fall asleep and well when they wake up we're gonna we're gonna address it. But there's been time for everybody to calm down. And it can always be brought back to the very basics of, hey, what happened? Why did this happen? Okay, so we messed up okay so what are we going to do moving forward when you can have these conversations when they're young they're so much easier to have when they're older right They're so much easier to have when they're older never when you're angry at all ever um if you're somebody who's just prone to anger you need to like put this in your back pocket Uh, maybe you need to put it in your front pocket because this is first and foremost child training will never work if it's ever done in anger right and so some people are just like man i'm just a hothead right uh so some of you most of you know uh, my wife's a redhead you know a lot of people say you know redheads are well sometimes they're not lying i'll just tell you that but i will also say this uh through christ you can do and be all things and so uh you can always uh take time to slow down um and just breathe right and so make sure never in anger um Correction also may look different than the rod in some situations, okay? So I'm not going to stand here and tell you that it's always the rod every time. There's going to be certain situations where our kids do something when we're at the church. I remember when they were younger. We're not going to carry a rod into the church. Now, I'm not going to tell you that Paige didn't keep a rod in the car, right? Uh, And there were times that we had to go to the car, and, I mean, it was just—it wasn't like— but we needed to make sure we understood, but— there's going to be times when it's not always the rod. And so make sure that you're, you understand what that looks like, where you're at, certain situations. You're never going to uh, basically spank a child uh, or whatever you call it, correct a child uh, in front of other people. Um, you're definitely going to just destroy their spirit in front of uh, their friends uh, anything like that. Uh, I'm just telling you. If you wouldn't do it, if you wouldn't say some of the things that you say to your kids to uh, another adult, then, then why would you say it to your kids? Um, make sure that you never uh, correct them in front of people. I remember there were times when you know we would have people over for dinner for different things. We would even be doing discipleship, and you know there would be times that we would have to to spend 30, 45 minutes away from what we were doing because it was important to make sure that we were consistent with what we were doing. And, you know, the, the people that we were discipling were the better for it because they saw consistency and what it looked like. And, you know, make sure you understand that it, but never, never in front of people. You're, you're not going to get anywhere with that. So uh, make sure you understand that I'm not one that's going to stand here and say, no, it's the rod every time. And it's got There's, make sure you understand the situation. You understand the circumstances. Um, correction is for the most part to be done at home. Um, now there are times, and I, I, be completely honest with you, we, we kept a rod in the car because there were times that, um, we would we would walk out of Walmart. We weren't going to be the children that were screaming at Walmart. We were going to go uh, sit in the car for however long it took to calm down and talk about it and take care of it and then go back to what we were doing. You might say, well, I'm never going to get anything done. Well, you might not ever get anything done in life. But is it important enough? It should be. It is important enough to God to say this is the one thing that I've asked for children to be is obedient. Remember this as well. You're not... When you are having uh, – one of the people that uh, we uh, counseled through child training, uh, they called them training sessions instead of, like, discipline. It was always – they called – anytime they had to go with their kids, and they're like, we've got to go have a training session. And they even used those words to their kids. And so whatever the words are, that's what you need to stick with. But uh, I I think that's good. But uh, training session, remember that whatever it is that you call it, you're not punishing them. You're simply giving them their due reward for what they have done. And so you might say they're due reward. Yes, the same way that if they do something right, you are guaranteed to uh, always affirm them and tell them that they were right and they did it. If you're going to do that, then you're going to correct them everything they've done wrong, right? And it's not about like hurting them, it's not about it's simply about showing them that there's always a consequence for every decision that you make. Right? And so when once our kids like understood the the routine of how this worked, It was very simple. It was more about the reconciliation than it ever was about what was happening. And then we moved on about our life because it wasn't about, well, oh, I remember when I was a kid, if you did something wrong enough to get like uh, a whooping, you were like, okay, I'm going to avoid mom and dad for the next, as long as I can until, because there was never reconciliation, right? And so you need to make sure that there's always reconciliation every single time. If you're going to stop what you're doing and address the situation there has to be reconciliation now what does that look like okay well you know okay so we are um we're sitting down we're, we're talking about okay what happened you know okay was that the right thing to do no uh, so did you obey did you disobey whatever did you hit somebody whatever it is that they've done we've, we've basically looked at what the sin is the same way that god wants to deal with us but a lot of times we just don't Slow down enough to actually have the conversation with him that he wants to have. Well, why did you do what you did? Okay, well, was, was that the right thing to do? Do we do that? No, we don't do that. Okay, so uh, we're going to uh, take care of uh, the discipline and we'll look at, we'll, we'll wrap up with what that looks like. But at the end of it, there has to be reconciliation. It's not just like, a, okay, here, here's your spankings, now go on about your life. Okay, uh, we know that, you know, this isn't what we do. Okay, so what can we do next time? Probably not do that, not hit them, not say that, not do that. Okay. Well, okay. That's, that's a really, that would be a really great choice. Let's maybe go try that, right? Do you know that, you know, do you know that I love you? You know, we always make sure that we ended with our kids with like a hug, some sort of like, okay, you know, we're doing this because this is the just reward, but it doesn't have to be this way. You could always make the choice not to do this. And so it always comes back to they have the choice. And so why do we do that? It's not just because we want to make ourselves feel better about child training. The reason that we always bring it back to reconciliation is because there's going to become a point. Now, I'm not saying that when your kid's four, uh, maybe it is, I don't know, uh, that you need to be like, you know why you do this? You know why you keep doing the things that you don't want to do? Because you're a sinner, right? Sometimes you have to understand like when a kid is old enough to understand that the root problem is sin in their life, right? But when you always bring it back to reconciliation, there will become a time when they're old enough to make Or not make them, but help them understand that, hey, we keep coming back to this because there's actually something wrong with the way that you were born. You were born in sin, but there's a way out of it because there's a reconciliation. The same way that we can reconcile every time, but then, you know, it seems like we always end up here, whether it's, you know, 10 minutes later or 10 days later or whatever. It seems like we always end up back in, you know, I didn't want to do the wrong thing, but I did. And, here we're back. And, when you always bring it back to reconciliation, you can show them that, hey, there's actually a way that we don't have to come back here, right? That you actually can have power over your flesh that you think you can't control. And there's a reason that we always bring it back to reconciliation, because there's going to come a time, at least you better be praying, that there's going to come a time in your child's life where you get the opportunity to reconcile them back to Christ, right? We are given the ministry of reconciliation, it says in the Bible. What does that mean? Well, it can mean a lot of things, but here's first and foremost what it means. Your ministry in life, your job in life, is to reconcile people back to Christ. And how much of a blessing is it if you get to be the one who is there when your child is reconciled back to Christ, when they come to the realization that my sin is what's doing this? You always bring it back to reconciliation because there will come a time when they are at a point where they realize... This isn't just because I want to be bad. I'm was, i just bad, right? And it's because I've got this sin that I'm just wearing. It always has to come back to reconciliation. Never angry. It's not always the rod in every situation, right? And you're not punishing them. You're correcting them and guiding them to a better decision the next time. We're not after cookie-cutter children. We're after obedience. We're after obedience. And it has to come back to reconciliation every time. Okay, so we've got about 15 minutes left. I'm going to give you just a few examples of what, in our life, this isn't gospel. This is what Paige and I realized over the years uh, worked for actually, like, the the action of correction. Now, you've seen that we spent uh, an hour and a half for three nights plus uh, an hour and 15 minutes of the last night to get to the correction. Because... The correction is the smallest portion of this. If all you came to hear with child training is uh, when and how often and how to spank your kids, then you totally missed out on what God is really trying to show us. Because child training started four nights ago, right? And, and it got us to this point. And so if you've missed that, go back and listen to it because you've totally missed it. But here's what correction kind of looked like. So you, some people ask us this. Uh, when do you start like with a, when do you start with a rod with kids? And so, uh, this will raise some eyebrows, but, uh, I remember, uh, I don't remember exactly how old she was, but, uh, I remember we started, uh, the rod with Hallie and I say with Hallie because, uh, she, she was born when we were saved. So we implemented child training, uh, basically from the day she was born moving forward. Okay. So, uh, always with, with little kids, it's always about, uh, being consistent. Now, when we're talking about like, toddling kids, kids that are just starting to understand words and things. Uh be consistent with what you say. Uh whatever it is. Like uh with in our house it was always no touch. If it was something they shouldn't have, it was no touch. Oh no touch. That's a no touch. Or or whatever it is. Uh you know, Paige as babysitting a little girl right now and um uh the, I we we realized very quickly that uh, it wasn't our words that she responded to. It was uh dad always told her, no ma'am. And so as soon as she heard no ma'am, she would always perk right up and, you know, get upset, you know, because it's like, oh, I know what that means. And so make sure that when they're little, you're consistent about your wording. And when they're little, you're just basically the correction is simply, oh, no touch. And we move them to something different. OK, you know, it's not about discipline. It's about moving into something different. OK, so when do we know when it's time to uh, start with some sort of uh, discipline? Well, here's how we knew it on my house. and. I'm going to guess that maybe you've seen something similar to this. We had, I think I used a little bit of an example of this a few nights ago, but we had a, a credenza, like a table thing underneath our, our TV when we lived in Harrisville. And uh, it had lots of different trinkets on it. I don't know what all it had on it. And so uh, Hallie, when she was toddling around, I don't remember how old she was, but uh, it was always, she would always, there was something on there that she always wanted, right? And so Paige would always, or I would always know, oh, no touch, Hallie. And we would take her and we would move her to something different. And, you know, almost always it would work when we knew it was time to start implementing something a little different than just going to something different, was when she would toddle over to it, she would get there, she would look at it, and then she would turn around and look to see if anybody was looking. And then she would go and, and, okay, that's when we know, okay, so now you're making a conscious decision to do something you know you're not supposed to. Now, if you're little, if you're toddling around and you're just going and grabbing something, you don't know. But she had shown in that instance that she knew where the line was. And she chose to cross it. And so, we started with an eighth inch dowel rod. An eighth inch is very small. About this long. Right? And so, uh, if, I think the last time we did this, I, Paige actually brought in some of her little dowel rods, but, uh, and it would start with something as simple as, uh, you know, we would walk up, Oh, Hallie, that's a no touch. And we would just, Just as simple as just basically touching her. It has nothing to do with pain. It has everything to do with she's associating in her mind this something, right? It starts, okay, and then we move her something different. Sometimes it would take several times. Oh, Hallie, no touch. Or whatever, oh, no, ma'am, right? The little girl right now, oh, no, ma'am. And something very simple, right? But it's always, you know, you don't just use, never use your hand, right because we're trying to uh your your hands are for loving uh not for discipline. So anyway, um, whatever it is that you use, use it consistently whether it's a rod, whether it's it's whatever you use in your house. You know, maybe in your house it's grounding, maybe in your house it's time out. Maybe you are in a situation where you have split family and you know, I understand there's a lot of different um, circumstances you can get into. Uh and the rod doesn't work in every situation. But if you can, that's that's what I recommend. Uh, I'm not here as Jesus. I'm here as uh, just somebody who's been through it, right? And so uh, it would start there. Uh, so very simple, no touch, just basically associating in her mind, hey, there's something that I don't really like that happens when I do this. And then, okay, it's very simple. Okay, let's fast forward. Maybe they're um, four, three or four years old, okay? Um, obviously, an eighth-inch dowel rod is not really going to do uh, in anything. So, uh, I think she would use something it was, uh, like a three-eighths dowel rod, okay? And instead of it being this long, it's a little bit longer. Not because you're after hurting them, but it was always something, uh, very simple. If you want more details on exactly the, how the rod, and, and talk to Paige, um, she always made sure that we had what we needed for things like that. So, anyway, um, as the kids got older, um, you know, how many, how many of you have either experienced this or seen somebody, which it's unfortunate that you, saw this, but uh, saw somebody trying to uh, basically discipline or spank a child and they were just flailing everywhere, kicking and screaming. And, okay, here's the first thing you need to understand. You're not teaching anybody anything. Uh, they are extremely uh, in the wrong mindset for what is happening. Uh, discipline, correction, sometimes takes five minutes. I've seen it take hours. I've spent hours sitting on my bed waiting for them to calm down, or, or whatever it is so that we can actually have a conversation about it. And so when you actually get to sit down and have a conversation, oh, so so what happened? And, you know, well, I, I hit this kid, or I did this, or I lied, or I did whatever. I did. Well, why did you do that? Well, again, you're going to get a lot of, right? You're waiting. You're allowing God to uh, just break their heart uh, for what has happened, making them see that, oh, I just I don't know why I did it. I just thought I wanted to. I just thought I wanted it or whatever. And again, you're you're bringing them to a point where you can show them. Oh, like did you realize that you were just kind of born that way? Uh, and as much as you can conti- continue to try to do the right thing, you're probably going to mess up again. Again, you're you're using these as opportunities to bring them to Christ, to bring them to a point of salvation. And so, okay, uh, why did you do that? I don't know. Okay, so it always however it, it, however it goes what happened? Why did you do this? What could you have done? Okay, so so what happened? Did you, you usually it always comes back to, did you obey or disobey? Or it goes back to, uh, is that what you should have done? Because, okay, if you should have done this, well, then you didn't, so that's disobedience. Okay, it always comes back to, this is disobedience. Okay, so it always came to this in our house. So what is the consequence for disobedience? That was always, every single time, it comes down to, so what is the consequence for disobedience? And if you're consistent, there's never a question of, well, I don't know. What kind of mood are you in today, Mom? I don't know. Are you mad today, Dad? Right? It's never, it's always, so what is the consequence for disobedience? It's a spanking. Right? And that was just the wording that we used, right? It's the rod. What is the consequence? This is it. Okay. There, there is no, like, I don't want, okay, so in, as, the, as they were older, um, you know, they made the conscious decision to do the wrong thing, so we would have them of their own will, lay down on, on, on their belly, and it just depended on, here's what we always did. Because some people are like, well, it just depends on how bad the offense is, how many times they're going to get a spanking. That's, we always just simply used, uh, how, how old are you? If you're four years old, you're going to get four spankings. If you're six years old, you're going to get, and that's just kind of the way that, that we did it in our house. Again, these things aren't gospel. I'm not here trying to tell you that I'm simply telling you this is how the rod has worked in our life. I'm telling you that the Bible is definitely a proponent to the rod. Um, if you want to show me different ways that the rod can work or that the, the rod is completely uh, unorthodox, and I'm just telling you I've, I've seen it work over and over and over again. And it didn't come from uh, beating our kids or seeing other people beat their kids into submission. It comes down to just simply understanding that what they did was disobedience and what they need to strive for is obedience. Always take them back to Ephesians 6.1. God's one command to a child is what? Children, obey your parents. Right. I can still to this day, I can go to Hallie and say, Hallie, what's the one thing that God said he wanted you to do? And, you know, it's always the same thing. Children, obey your parents. Right. She knows because we've done this so many times in life. Our boys are the same way. They know. So if you take time to do it when they're young and take care of it when they're young and they always know every time this is the consequence, this is what's going to happen. Then they can grow from it. The problem is we go about child training like we're mad We go about child training like there's some huge expectation. We go about child training about like, well, it depends on the situation, what it needs to look like. We go about child training, and our kids are so confused that they have no idea what the standard is. We have no idea what the expectation is, and so they just do what they want and hope it's good enough. Well, I'm here to tell you that if you will just simply buy into what the Bible is telling you to do and give clear and concise direction and instruction and lines adam here's the garden you can have everything there's one tree you can't have this is it don't cross the line if you do this is what will happen children obey your parents this you can have every life can be great you can do all the things here are just a few rules that we abide by if you disobey them here's the line here's the correction they know before they ever did the wrong thing what was going to happen if they did the wrong thing and they also knew that if they did the right thing what would happen if everybody understands and they have clear direction, man, you would be amazed at how your kids will thrive. You would be amazed at how your kids uh will uh change just because there is no more like, I don't know. And so there will be kids that are stubborn. There will be kids that I've seen parents try to buy into this, and after about three days, they were like, we can't do it. That's all we did. It felt like that's all we did was uh, correct our children. That's because basically what it came down to was you decided that my will is going to be strong, and your children decided their will was stronger. At some point, you have to just say, I'm going to buy in. God says this will work, and I'm going to buy into it, and I'm going to do it consistently. Like, I'm not going to do it on recording, but like, if, if you don't believe me, come and ask me, and I will give you a dozen families that you can talk to that I have seen that I know will testify, like this changed their lives. This changed their children's lives. And I promise those kids aren't perfect. But when they bought in, they saw results. And sometimes it took a lot. And I, I again I know and I'm I'm running short on time and we're gonna we're gonna pray and we're gonna be done. But I know that when you decide to do this, it's going to seem like you all you ever do. All you ever do is correct your kids. Be consistent. Because if you're consistent, God will bless it. Right? If you're consistent, there's good reward. But man, if if you... If, just think about, like, if, if God was to say this to you, hey, this is what I want you to do. Right? I want you to serve in this ministry. I want you to go here, do that, whatever it is. I want you to do that. Right? And... Uh, you decided, okay, well, I'll, I'm, I might do it, but then I'm like, well, maybe I won't do it. And uh, and so, you know, what, what if God was like, okay, well, you're not doing it, so now all of a sudden uh, I'm going to take this from your life, and I'm going to take that from your life, and I'm going to do this in your life. And gonna, but you never knew. Like one day it might be like, well, God's going to be gracious, and the next day you might be like, well, uh, you know, my, I might have lightning strike me today, and you just don't ever know. And just think about what that would be like in our own Christian lives if we just didn't really know how God was going to react to us being disobedient. Well, that's, I, can, I can point out several children that I know that would have the same testimony. That they have no idea that when they do something wrong, what exactly is going to happen to them, punishment-wise. Because there's no consistency from their parents. One time it might be mom's just yelling at them or dad's just yelling at them. And another time it might be like the, the wrath of God is coming down on them because we're going to just be super consistent about it. But, you know, it's only for three hours. Give your kids some structure. Here's, here's what I'll leave you with. And so somebody might tell me, this is not the way that you should have ended this, but here's what I'll leave you with. Either buy in or don't. And I say that for your kids' sake. Because if you're somebody that's like, this might work, but um, I, I don't know if I've really got time, e- either buy in or don't. Because if your kids don't know exactly what the line is every time, you're putting them in a worse spot. And then I promise, if you're somebody who's like, okay, well, fine, I won't. Okay, when it gets bad enough, come back. We can do this again. And I'll leave you with the same question, either buy in or don't. Because at some point, and you might be like, okay, well, we'll just continue this cycle until they're teenagers, and then you said it won't work anymore, and then they'll move out. And then you might wonder why they end up, who knows where they end up. I'm just simply telling you that God said, hey, this is what I'm after from, from children, obedience. And so if we know that's the end goal... And what are we doing as parents, the ones who God said, hey, I'm going to loan these kids to you for a while. What are we doing to help them accomplish that? Because that's what you need to be there to help your kids. you would be like your kid's hungry. Okay, well, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to help you, right? Uh, I can't reach this. I'm going to help you. I can't do this. Well, I'm going to help you. But now there's something that they really need help with. And you're like, well, I don't really want to do that because I think that's... Uh, cruel, or I don't want to do that because you know. Instead, we're gonna you know just let our kids eat whatever they want, and you know you do whatever you want to do. I'm just telling you that at some point there needs to be a line. This is what we're gonna do. I don't know. I I could go on with stories, a lot of stories, and I probably shouldn't. This is a, probably a really good spot to stop because just because I've seen some things doesn't mean that they need to be brought up. Uh, buy in or don't, but I'm here to tell you. My family's here to tell you, and I can give you testimony after testimony of families who would say, this changed our lives. And at least they're not cookie-cutter children, but they at least know what obedience is. Right? So that's what we're after. Child training, uh, that's it in a nutshell. If you have more questions, I would love to sit down and just uh, have a cup of coffee with you and just talk through the what-ifs and some of the things that I would like to say but I probably shouldn't say uh, recorded. Um, Not that... I, I, sometimes you just have people who will twist anything that you say. So uh, I would love to sit down with anybody who has more questions, uh, whether you're listening to this or anything else. Um, uh, we, we would love to just, so anybody who has questions, uh, I'm an open book. The same policy I have with my kids, I have with anybody else in the world. Uh, if you're big enough to ask the question, you're big enough to hear the answer. And so um, that's just kind of the way we rule our life. So uh, I do want to end with that. If you have more questions, feel free to come to me. If you have what-ifs, if you have what about this situation, I understand there's lots of um, nuances. Uh, but for the most part, uh, it starts when they're young, and it's just consistency. Okay? So let's pray, and we'll be done. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for um, just allowing us as parents to have an impact uh, on the children uh, that you've given.